This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to mix926.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Coming up later, a historic way of alerting us to danger that's now being used to communicate the danger of climate change. Well, with the clocks changing back, all of a sudden it does feel very dark and really rather cold. And the prospect of a long, cold winter is suddenly real and for many is very scary. We know that making our homes more efficient and better insulated will help both us and the planet. But finding trustworthy advice on what we're best doing in our particular home and finding out whether there's any funding available to help us do that is not always easy. So I'm pleased to say that help is at hand with the St Albans Home Energy Support Service. It's a phone line that does just what it says on the tin. I spoke to Matt Neal from NEF, the company providing the helpline, and I started by asking him to tell us a little bit about NEF. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. Um, The National Energy Foundation are a sustainability and energy charity. Um, We do a lot of work focused on fuel-poor households, low-income, vulnerable households, and, and supporting them with reducing their energy bills and living healthier, warmer lives. Sounds like a great organisation. Now, the the phone line that we've got here in St Albans, can we just start off with what's the number that we call and uh, whether it's going to cost us anything and, and what times of day we can call? Yeah, so the service is called Better Housing, Better Health. Uh, the telephone number is a free tickle helpline that's available Monday to Friday, 9am till 5pm. And you can give us a call on 0800 107 0044. We also have a website um, where you can access lots of information and refer yourself via the online referral form. And that's www.bhbh.org.uk. Okay, that's helpful. And what kind of information would it be helpful if we had to hand if we were calling? So our advisors will take you through a warmth and well-being assessment once you do call us or if you request a call from us. Um, so you don't actually need a huge amount of information. We'll, we'll actually just guide you through the process. It'll be general information about who's in the household, how you're currently using your energy and basic information about health conditions, your your income, and, and what we'll be doing really is trying to ascertain whether or not you're eligible for any sort of grants or funds or interventions that can help you sort of improve the energy efficiency of your property. Okay, so you talked there about things like grants. What kind of help can you give us with money? What kind of things can you suggest there? Yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of different government grants available uh, out there to improve the energy efficiency of your home. What we don't want to do is put out a whole load of information confusing people as to to, um, what is available in in terms of the individual eligibility criteria. But we we can quickly ascertain what you'll be eligible for. But essentially, you know, there's funding for insulation and improvement to heating measures 
Um, and most of that can be fully funded dependent on your eligibility. Yeah. So you you spoke about eligibility there. The kind of people who you want to call the phone line, is, is this just for people who are on lower incomes or could anybody benefit from this? Anybody can benefit from our support and advice and we'll be able to give you a good idea of how to reduce your bills and, you know, all of the, the, the standard sort of behavioural changes you can implement to help reduce your energy bills. But actually, you know, a lot of the, the, the central government funding and when it comes down to grants is aimed at that lower income and, and vulnerable household. So whilst we're open to all and be able to advise all, uh, a lot of the interventions that we provide are, are, are specifically for low income, vulnerable households. OK, so there'll be advice for, for anybody. But as you say, the actual financial help, quite rightly, is, is aimed at those who need it most. So how about the advice on how to reduce the size of energy bills? As you say, there, there is stuff out there online. Are you able to offer anything more personal than that? Well, like I said, each each person that uh, contacts us will receive an individual warmth and well-being assessment, and the idea is that to be it, it, that that is to be bespoke per property. So we'll not only try to better understand how you're using energy, but we'll also access things like your energy performance certificate, and we'll be able to look at the individual measures that your property has within it or what it might require to improve the, the energy efficiency of your property. And really what we're there to do is help you to better understand how you're using energy and how you can improve that energy use um, within your own property. So, you know, some of it is generic, but a lot of a lot of what we try and do is, is, is talk to you about, you know, your own property. Right. OK. Now, I did see that you said that you can do home energy assessments. Can you just tell us what they are, uh, why they're useful and, and how do you do these? Yeah, so we do have a number of home energy uh, assessments available through our, uh, our current funding. It's a much more in-depth service where we're able to offer that sort of face-to-face advice and support. And as we're in the home, we're really able to see what type of you know heating system you've got, how you should be using it, how you've got it set up uh, and give that sort of individual bespoke level of advice and support. Whilst we're in home as well, we can provide additional support in terms of installing smaller measures. Obviously, we're there to look at bills and, and you know anything you, you sort of want to run by us. And it's just, you know, a lot of that's done easier and in person. One thing I would say to all of that is, though, that we, we do try and reserve those home visits for the for the most vulnerable type of customer. Right. OK. Again, that that's understandable, isn't it? Now, not being able to afford energy bills, it, it can have lots of knock on consequences, can't it? Uh, you know, debt more generally, mental health issues. Are you able to give help pointing people in the right direction for help with any of those? Yeah, so we, you know, we recognise that fuel poverty isn't just about energy, it's about poverty as a whole. And there's lots of different reasons why somebody can slip into poverty. And what we try and do as a service is try and make every contact count. So anyone that we're coming across and who we're supporting, we'll try and link them into lots of different other services and support. Uh, And we do that by trying to build a really strong network of cross referral partners. So well, you know, we work with local health and social care professionals, Citizens Advice, Age UK, and we'll be you know, not only utilising their own routes to, to refer into our own services, but equally as and when we're picking up different individual needs and requirements, we'll refer back out into those services as well. 
Okay, that, that sounds very sensible. So the service has been running for a little while now. Can you just tell us how, how popular it's been and the kind of things that people are phoning about? Yeah, so we've yeah we we've been delivering across Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire since 2014, and the service has come a long way in that time. And um, sort of an energy advice line that did a lot of signposting to now this sort of all-encompassing one-stop shop, case management, end-to-end support, and we're seeing the need grow month on month at the moment with the sort of en- energy crisis that's going on. Last year, as a total, we supported around two and a half thousand households with our service at the moment we're getting around 1900 calls a month into our services and the the calls vary from people looking just to you know general ways to reduce their energy users looking um, to to access different grants and funding that can support them to do that um, to people in real crisis situation where they where, where they're left with no heat perhaps a boiler's broken down and they don't know what to do or they've got no money on their prepayment meter and then again they don't know what to do and we're there to try and link them up to services and support that can that, that can alleviate that 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 sounds really great what you're doing there so the question that I hear asked quite a lot is I know that something needs doing in my house. I don't know. I, I know that I need to have more insulation in my loft or I know that I need cavity wall insulation, but I'm not quite sure where to find somebody to do that work for me. Can you help with things like that? Yeah, so we have quite a wide network of installers that we work with. They've all been vetted, they're Trustmark registered, have access to different grant funding. So we can make direct referrals into them and arrange surveys. But equally, if individuals are looking to find installers, you can you can go on the Trustmark website yourself and look them up and there should be should be quite a extensive list of different installers. And it's a case of bringing round and, and arranging that. Okay, that sounds good. And can you just tell us who's funding the work that you're doing? Yeah, so we're funded via lots of different ways, really. And as a charity, we have to be quite dynamic in in how we are funded. But what we are seeing is, you know, in response to the energy crisis and impending net zero targets, that stakeholders are are, are now starting to really take this work seriously and realising that, you know, actually we can make a huge difference with what we're doing so some of that will come through local authorities themselves there's some larger funding pots available that we've we've been successful in applying to um, recently we applied to the energy redress fund which is actually supporting our work and extending our services across Hertfordshire and beyond and most recently we've 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 accepted a donation from national grid who are you know looking to do more and support more households during this energy crisis and, and all of that combined helps us to provide the, the resource and the team required to, to, to really make a, a huge difference this winter. Well, let's hope you're able to do that, Matt. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Amanda. That was Matt Neal from Neff. And I'm going to give you that number again, so do grab a pen. Here you go. It's 0800 And you can phone weekdays 9 till 5. And the website that Matt spoke about is bhbh.org.uk. And as Matt says, this surface is for everyone, but of particular use to those who are struggling to stay warm. So do spread the word about so that we can ensure that everyone who needs the helpline knows about it. 
Now, we heard a couple of weeks ago from Craig Scudder, the Just Stop Oil activist, about why they had been throwing soup at paintings and gluing themselves to roads and why he thought that that was the right thing to do. And if you missed that show, do head to the podcast page of Mix926.com where you'll find the podcast of that and many other shows. But there's a multitude of other ways to show your concern for the planet and to try and inspire behaviour and policy change. And if you were out and about on Saturday at five o'clock on the eve of the COP27 climate talks, you'll have heard one of them. Bell ringing. Now, it seems like a strange way to alert us to the issue of climate change, but it turns out that there are historic reasons why it's not so unlikely after all. And here to tell us more is Alison McFarlane, the secretary of the St. Stephen's Ringers here in St. Albans. Alison, thank you ever so much for joining me. So you're the secretary of the St. Stephen's Ringers. So can you tell us what you did for COP27? Right. What we did was we and ringers around the country were invited to ring um, for a short while, uh, 15 to 20 minutes, and specifically to ring as a warning against climate change. Now, when, when we ring bells these days, it's usually either before a church service or for a practice or perhaps for our own enjoyment. But there's a past history of, particularly in the time before there were watches and sirens and things, of bells being rung as a warning. For example, two occasions when they were to be rung had there been an invasion, was that bells were going to be rung if Napoleon Bonaparte had tried to invade England, but he didn't. And equally, in the Second World War, normal ringing was stopped because bells were kept as a warning to be used should Hitler try to invade our shores. And fortunately, he didn't. It did mean that bell ringing stopped for five years, which I think everybody felt was a great loss. So what we did yesterday was to ring as a warning of the dangers of climate change. This is a run-up to the um, COP27 conference, and we want to warn people of the effects of climate change, which we can see all around us with hot days in the summer and extreme weather conditions we saw. And so we've been invited to ring as a warning, and of course... Having rung as a warning, given there's so many other things that you can ring bells for, we then are now going on to tell people why we rang yesterday. I'm kind of intrigued there that bells were going to be used for something as, you know, such a a, a terrible threat to the country as Hitler invading. Do you and the, the bell ringers, do you see climate change as being a threat on a similar scale to that? I think many people do see climate change as a a major threat, though in this country it may be that we have violent storms or very hot weather, but in some other parts of the world, for example, Egypt, where the conference being held, there's extreme drought, and certainly in um, Australia and in the west coast of America there have been wildfires, that there have been things that have been as extreme on that level, although it's not it's difficult for people to recognise it if you're living in other parts of the world where you aren't as badly affected. And though we're affected here, we're not affected, say, as badly as, as people living in areas of extreme drought. And 
when you're ringing for something like this, do you feel the connection with with ringers in other parts of the country and perhaps even with other parts of the world in making this call about such a serious issue? Well, we certainly hope that the reports will come in of other parts of the country where people have rung. The way we ring is fairly peculiar to British Isles and people ring that way in Australia and a few parts of North America. So our style of ringing is very particular and it's something that you have to learn to do. And at the moment we're very busy trying to train new ringers because obviously we had a break during the pandemic and sadly some older ringers either died or their health deteriorated so we lost them and younger people didn't start during the pandemic because you couldn't and so we're now a lot of activity teaching people to ring. Okay and do you welcome new ringers? We certainly do. Anywhere in the area covered by this station you'll find that the, the local bands of ringers are very glad to meet anybody who wants to learn and it's a very interesting and enjoyable thing to do. Well, it sounds like it. And it sounds like also you're doing really important work, as you say, alerting the country to important threats, including the the threat of climate change. Alison, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. Thank you for your interest. I'll be with you at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for listening.